Explore Your Faith Hour. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. My voice feels weak. Does it sound weak? Yeah. I wonder why. <clears throat> I feel like something is holding it. I feel like I've been sick or something. But I'm okay. Um, good morning, y'all. Good morning. Um, I want to just ask Rachel that same question I just asked her before we get rolling here. Um, I asked you how you were doing, Rachel, and you said, oh, where's the mic? Lord, the black man, sit down with the mic. <laughs> and uh, you said, oh, right? I can't hear you. Right. What does that mean? Well, it means that I'm seeing a lot of things about me and that I, I, I'm tempted to call people and talk about it, about my problem. Right. <laughs> but that I don't do it because I want the answers to come from above for me. For you what? Know, I want the answers to come oh, from yeah. God. You know, I, I used to run to everybody or even in the, in the meetings here. To, Speaking to the mic. I used to run to everybody. To find <coughs> out. I used to come to church and then ask you. Right. But... I came to a place now that I want to know for myself. That's right. And even if you give me advice, I have to get it from something, somebody higher. Yes. You know? And so I have all these issues, but I'm just looking at them. Are you seeing good things about yourself or bad things? Well, I see a lot of things that I should have done when I was younger, but I was so messed up I couldn't do it. Right. You know? And now I sort of, um, like, I'm sort of uh, at work, like, um, I feel inferior to people. Uh-huh. And I want to converse, and then I feel like I'm stupid if I do because, you know, you know my problem. Oh, Okay. And, and then the problems with my family, I just don't know what to do about it, so I just leave it where it's at, you know. Your family are all grown now, right? Yeah. Why even try to figure out what to do about it? Uh, I don't, I, I don't, not trying to figure out. I know I cannot do anything about right. it. Are you seeing both good things and bad things about yourself? Well, I, I'm seeing that I'm not reacting to what I'm seeing in myself badly, but it's sort of sad to see that I never did nothing with my life. And are you seeing both good things and bad things? Yeah. Or just all bad? No, I see some good stuff. What's good about you? Well, I see how my neighbors react to me. You know, they, they, they like me a lot. They do a lot for me. Yeah. And and uh, uh, my neighbors around me, you know, they all like me. They go go visit me, and my kids don't go that much. I have just a daughter, but she has interior motives, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I'm just like in limbo. Like. Oh, okay. We're going to get you out of limbo. Okay. All right. Do you, do you see yourself? Yes. Uh, into the mic. Yes. And do you see good things or bad things about self? 
Um, lately, uh, I've been seeing some, I guess you would say bad things, but it's good that I'm seeing it. Um, there's, you know, one thing that I, I did want to talk to you and share with the group, and it's kind of, it coincides with what you're asking me. I, I heard a, a saying by, uh, by, by Buddha, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily. By Buddha? Buddha, yeah. Oh. And he said, and this is, he was very deep. It was about renunciation, about letting go of attachment. He said, when you can see the things that you attach to, say, if you, when you can see the gems in your pocket are really just old rocks, you, there is no, uh, you, you drop them of your own accord. So when you can see the things that you held on to, and you can see that they're not that great at all, in fact, you know, that they're just, what you thought was something good was not that good but detrimental. You just let them go of your own accord. And I've been seeing that I've always had wrong relationships with, with women. And I viewed them a certain way. And, and now that I can see how that is not good, it's not, it's not, it's not bad, it just, it, 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 it uh, doesn't. It doesn't give me the same interest to go, to to venture on to and those type of relationships anymore. So, um, and I think that you you sort of you, you sort of outgrow uh, the things that you're at you, you're attached to instead of just going cold turkey, saying this is bad, and I don't want a part of it. But you have to truly see how it's bad and uh, how it's a detriment, and then you you see that the things that that you used to think were were, were positive and fulfilling are not and truly so at that point you just toss them aside so I think I think that that was pretty deep that was a pretty deep thing so are you seeing good things and bad things about yourself um, I, I primarily see things that are wrong with me uh, good things yeah I suppose I mean I, I, I have a, a you know I was turned to, to God I, you know I, I turned to him and you know I, I pray um, what type of good things are you seeing about yourself I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I don't uh, keep them to to record, so I couldn't tell you right now. What? Well, you you remember the bad things you see about yourself, though. Yeah, things that I need to to completely be done with. Yes, I do see those. But why not the good things? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that uh, the good things that I do see that I tend to want to pat myself in the back. I don't see them as good either. You know what like I mean? Like what, so for I, example? Um, like. Uh, like I like to have sincere uh, dialogue conversation. I like to have, um, uh, you know, be around people who who have some depth to them, and uh, um, you know, I like coming here. Um, I'm gen generally uh, not too much of. I'm not really that of a bad guy. You know, I don't. I don't. Uh, um, you know, have ill intent. You know, towards people. You're not a bad guy. Generally speaking, no. I mean, I don't. I don't. You know, um, you're a good I, did, guy. I did. I did mistreat. You know, women in the past. Yeah. I mean, that's the bad, the bad part of me. But, but uh, um, you know that. So, so, I, so I can't. I can't tell you about any good parts right now, other than, I, I mean, I, I can't. I can't really crystallize anything right now. So you don't really see anything good about yourself. Yeah, I never thought about that question. Really, to be frank with you, um, uh, no. Not not that I can tell you right now. Oh. Maybe later. I so there's nothing good about you. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Why I, not? Maybe I wouldn't say that. You know, um, I would hope that there is, but maybe you know somebody can realize something, and I can't I, 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 at this moment. But you do think there's something good about you? Yeah, I do think there's something. But you don't know what it is. 
maybe that 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 I have this uh, yearning to know God. I mean, if that's that's you know um, something good about me, maybe that that's it. That's the only thing. Yeah, that I can think of right now that I can say yeah. <laughs> How you feel about not being able to see anything but one thing good about yourself? I I, I don't feel anything. I, I don't I don't. Uh, but you have, you haven't thought about that before. No, I have not thought about that. Oh. I mean, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your point. No, no, I mean, I, I'm grateful many times. I'm grateful that, you know, that the Lord has looked after me. I'm grateful that he, he's, he's uh, keep me good at health, uh, despite how, how um, you know, st stupid and dumb things I've done in my life that he's kept me. I'm grateful that, you know, that he's brought, you know, good things to my life. And when things come, good things come to my life, I'm very grateful. But uh, not that I can say that, hey, this is a good thing about me or anything like that at this, at this time. So you're just all bad and no good. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't <laughs> say that either. <laughs> Is there anything good about you? Yeah, the lady in the glasses. <laughs> Is there anything good about me? I don't know. I don't, don't think about it. You don't think about it? Anything bad about you? I don't think about that either, because if I listen to what's good about me, then the little voice will tell me what's bad about me. So is there, does a little voice tell you that there's something good about you? Sure. Sometimes well, if someone says, oh, you compliments me, my ego wants to say, yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ron, is there anything good about you? Um, yeah, the last, since I've become Christian. And what's good about you? Doing what I can for God's will, listening to God's will. Enjoying God's will. Um, I'm, I'm kind of feeling good about it. I mean, I feel, uh, I feel joyful inside about it. Is there anything bad about you? Uh, am I getting too cocky? Feeling good about God's <laughs> will. Oh, okay. Uh, can I say something about Janara? Like one, one quick thing. Yes. <laughs> um, just, just based on the barbecue. Just based on. The few moments I've had with you, and I don't know directly how you deal with women relationship-wise, but I, I did assess one thing that I thought, and just something to think about, is a sense of humor. Humor. I just kind of noticed that you didn't really, I don't see that, sense that in you. And with my wife, I have to make her laugh a lot. It helps our relationship, especially when she's stressed or hard at work. I, I kind of try to be a little clown for her to break her mind off from that kind of stuff. Oh, so when your wife is stressed out, you become a clown? Well, I just try to lighten up her mood and, and do little, I don't play tricks on her, I just try to get her to laugh, that's all. <laughs> it, when you said that, it reminded me of this movie with um, Samuel L. Jackson, I think that's his name, right? And uh, he was a drug addict. His father, mother, his father was a preacher, he lived with his mother. That would have, oh yeah, do the right thing. I think so. One of those movies. And no, not that movie. But anyway, he was a drug addict and they put him out of the house. His father put him out. And he would sneak around when his father wasn't there to get money from his mother. And what he would do when he wanted money from her, if she said no, he would act like a clown. He would start dancing and singing for her and then she would give him the money. And that's the same thing? 
I'm not trying to get anything from her. You try to make her laugh. I'm trying to lighten her mood because the, the world is stressing her out, and so I just. But the best way to lighten her mood is tell her to go have a quiet prayer, just be still. So well, there's that can, too. Yeah. I, I, we, we, we've been. I've been leading her to church. And, oh, good. And you know, finding it myself. So there is that. Right on. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hold on for the mic. <laughs> That's how I remind me when I was little, and uh, my mother's boyfriend left her with a whole bunch of kids she had. She always was singing love songs and sad songs, and I was little, and I used to see how sad she was, yeah. and I tried to make her laugh and get happy and, and even lied to her that I had seen her boyfriend and he was going to come over to see her, and her eyes would brighten up, wow. and she would get happy. And, and now I realize why I did that, though, because her, how she felt affected me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I didn't want to feel that way, so I would try to get her out of it. Wow. What a trauma. Big trauma. Yeah. Are you over that now? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Good. <clears throat> I know why my voice is like this. I went to the dentist. Um, I guess Tuesday of this week, and they had to put Novocaine to kill the area to work on the tooth. And when I was leaving the dentist's office, my face started to swell. And by eight o'clock at night, it was like a big old, it's already big enough, it was double the size. And um, so I called Dr., we, we called Dr. Seen, and he told me to go to the hospital, emergency room right away because it could cut off my breathing if I fall asleep. I didn't know you could die that way. Isn't that something? Can you imagine what would have happened had I gone to sleep and woke up dead the next morning? Oh, man. I saw the elephant man died. Huh? I saw the elephant man died. They had the elephant man died? Oh, okay. His head was too big, so he couldn't lay down. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so I went to the emergency room, and they gave me all kind of medication. They put an IV in right away, and they were like, well, this is really serious. And um, I was able to use my Medicare card for the first time. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. <laughs> if you need your Medicare card, just see Mary. <laughs> and, um, and they kept me there from... Well, they, I think they put the IV in around 11 or midnight. And I stayed there in the emergency room until 4 o'clock in the morning with the IV running. And then the doctor said, well, we, want, we need to put you in the hospital for a few days. I said, no, I'm not going to no hospital. I said, just give me some medicine and I'll just take it at home. He said, but we need to monitor you. I said, uh, and he said, what's the problem? I said, he said, you don't have to pay for it anyway. You got Medicare. I said, still, I don't want to go in no hospital. And so I'm taking this medication. What am I taking? That's something that makes you drowsy, Benadryl. Benadryl, and something else, and something else, and something else. So I think that's what it is. I don't like taking all that medication. But that, so that's why my voice is weird, I think. It's not that weird. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Ed. <laughs> Let me just say this. Um, I asked if you see something good about yourself or or bad, I can't see anything good about me. 
I, I don't see anything good. I see all the negative. But I feel the same way about the negative that I would hopefully feel about the good if I saw something good. I just have no opinion of it at all because I didn't put it there. And so why be mad at something I didn't do? And I can't take it away. Only God can remove it. And so I'm happy to know that because it took me years to understand that, that it's a spiritual thing. And on myself, I could do nothing. And all I need to do is just recognize it, but have no opinion, opinion about it at all. Just see it for what it is. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. If you want to really have a good life, stop having an opinion about yourself. Because that's a judgment that you have. And when you judge, you're playing God, and that's what brings on the problem. All God wants us to do is see ourselves as we are, not to be in denial. And the ego, as somebody mentioned, want to always see ourselves as being good. How wonderful, how smart, and all that kind of stuff. But let go of the opinion about yourself. Just don't have one. All right? And, and I'm telling you to free you up. Did you have your hand? Okay. Since you hold that belief that you didn't put it there, it is easy not to have an opinion about it. I don't. It's, I, it's not a belief. I know for a fact I didn't. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> I think that I did have something to do with it. What do you have to do with it? Well, you know, when you get angry at someone, it feels like you are actually doing that, that you are getting angry and you right. are getting mad. And that's what keeps it alive. And but that's so because I feel you a responsibility for that. That's because you identify with it as, it, as though it is you. You've been deceived. You don't know that it's a spirit that's made a home in you and it's not you. So but once I, know I that see now. that, then I won't, then I'll also yeah. have no opinion about what's in there. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's not you. And when you became that way, you were helpless to the situation. You was a child and you couldn't help it. It was forced upon you. And I was in a naturally dense family. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the death of truth in America. Anybody see that the truth is dying? It really is dying. Isn't that amazing? And I never thought I'll see that happen in the United States of America where the truth is dying. It's dying in the churches, it's dying in the homes, it's dying in the communities, it's dying in government, it's dying amongst the people. It's just literally fading away. And I wonder, what do people think will happen if they let truth just die? You know, we will end up, we'll just self-destruct if we let truth die. Just think about it in your personal life, when you get away from truth, don't you fall apart because you don't have a solid foundation that you're building. A foundation is built on truth. One of the reasons that this country became such a great country is because it was built on truth. Love, forgiveness, work hard, family, God. We have a constitution that doesn't work anymore. But the truth is dying. And it, when I first realized that this week on my radio show, it made me sad. It grieved me to see that truth is dying. It's just mind-blowing to me. And if this continues, 
we will destroy America. You will have to buy your little uh, preppy food, your little waters. What is it, is it called preppy? Prep. prep food. Who all have prep food? So we'll know who house to go to. <laughs> Don't come to my house or enter my prep food. <laughs> but uh, because there, it is, it is, as the truth is dying, the foundation is so weak now. It is so weak. This week or last week or sometime, this guy, uh, Stephen A. Smith, he is a commentator for the NFL, right? ESPN, ESPN channel. Um, he commented on this guy by the name of Rick Rice. Ray Rice. Ray Rice, thank you. I can't remember, sir. Uh, um, and he's a football player. He and his wife had a fight. Well, then she was his fiance. And you could see them coming off the elevator at this hotel, and he just drug her out of the elevator and dropped her on the floor. And so down all of the news, and long story short, uh, the uh, NFL punished him, but the people didn't think it was enough punishment. It wasn't harsh enough. Even though the fiance admitted that she hit him, she started the whole thing. And uh, so people got all upset. Oh, they, he didn't really get punished and all that. And Stephen A. Smith commented on that on his show. And in short, he said um, he went out of his way just literally out of his way to say, no man nor woman should be hitting one another. He said, I, I have a mama, I have a lot of women in my life, I have sisters, and no man should ever put his hand, hands on a woman. And no one should really be hitting each other. He went way out of his way to say that. I mean, just long out of his way to say it. And then he said, what we need to consider is pop provocation, provocation, meaning does a woman provoke this? He said, we should look at both sides. And when he said that, all hell broke loose. <laughs> one woman uh, tweeted, one of his colleagues said, um, she said, all of a sudden I feel unclean or something. And um, isn't that something? How's somebody going to say a word and now you feel unclean? Somebody on TV say a word and you're going to feel unclean? But she didn't. And so, and, and Stephen Smith is the kind of guy that's real feisty. He would tell the truth, but he would lay out, make sure ain't nobody going to be hurt by that truth, right? Before he tell that truth. He would make sure that no one is going to be hurt by that truth. I had to change that because I said, he'll make sure ain't no one going to be hurt because James will have me on radio tomorrow correcting me. Uh, and then he, uh, he was like really feisty, full of energy. And I don't agree with everything the man is about, but I like his fight. I like his fire. And so after this woman tweeted that out, his colleague and other people started getting on him, he came back a day or two later with an apology. And it was the longest, saddest, <laughs> well-written, well-said apology you ever could give someone. I mean, I'm wondering if God helped him write that apology. <laughs> 
it was, and, and you could see that he was broken. He had no energy. He looked, he looked worn out. He looked dead almost while he was giving this apology. So he had to look in everything that went with the apology, the whole deal. And yet they suspended him. Isn't that something? And I'm, I'm thinking even an apology doesn't work for these folks because they, they don't have any forgiveness in, in, in them at all toward people who try to do the right thing. And yet, on the side of people who are doing the right thing, or at least trying to do the right thing, they are so apologetic to the people, the people of the truth, a real apologetic to the people of the lie. The people of the truth go out of their way to appease and please and satisfy the people of the lie, and the people of the lie are winning. They, don't, they hate the people of the truth. And they are, they are unapologetic for anything. And so they, they laid this guy off. They terminated him for a week, they say. We'll see what happened. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, this is really sad. And what's sad about it, too, is that even some people who are on the side of truth, they defended, they went against him, too. They didn't even stand with him. And some people were afraid to stand with him some of my friends in the media and stuff, because they don't want to be labored, woman hater and all that kind of stuff, and lose their jobs and all that. So they were afraid to say anything. I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> all in the name of Jesus. But I want to ask this question. How many, let me see again how many people see that the, that the truth is dying, the death of truth in America. Okay. I love this. Um, let me ask in the black suit. Who is killing the truth? I think it's the media and the, the media? politicians. The media and politicians? Yes, sir. And why do you say them? Uh, right now, the media, from what I see, the media controls basically everything that the public sees and reads, and they twist the words. Uh-huh. Okay. Who do you say is killing the truth, Ron? Ron. Ron. Democrats. Democrats. <laughs> uh, or us, Christians. Well, how, 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 the, how are the Democrats killing the truth? Well, they don't believe in the truth. I mean, based on their actions, they don't believe in the truth. The Republicans do? Uh, the, the Republicans are failing the truth, that's for sure. They're do not fighting for the truth. Do they believe in truth? I guess not. They're not fighting for it. But you don't seem as sure about them as you are the Democrats. Well, Democrats are definitely, in their hearts, going against the truth. Republicans are just cowering. Oh, they're just cowards. Yeah. Oh, but they are Which for the truth. Which could be worse, I guess. I'm sorry? Which could be worse, you know. And, but they are for the truth? Uh, well, if you look at their statement, they are. Uh, they the say, statement. you know, like, for God, about their family. Action? No. They're not in action? No. Oh, okay. Not from what I'm seeing. Who's killing the truth, Robert? Weak people who, is, who are afraid to speak the truth and defend it, oh. and who, uh, who are tried to appease or try to apologize for them being right. That's what's killing the truth. Okay, interesting. Right here in the pink. Hi, lady. Welcome home. Welcome home. Hello. Are you here for a visit? Yes. Hi, it's Texas. I love it. You love it? Yeah, what part of Texas you moved to? 
I live in a city right outside of Houston called Richmond. Richmond. Mm -hmm. It's nice? Yes. Oh, good. You seen those illegal alien children yet? No, not where <laughs> I live. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome home. You look well. Thank Lost you. Lost a lot of weight and stuff. Thanks. Who is killing the truth? I would say that we are human, the, the people we are. We can't blame entities like governments and things like that. Yeah. It's us. And how are we doing it? Well, we don't, we don't, most of us don't actually have a connection to truth. We lack the connection. We have to have that, um, we individually, we have to connect to truth ourselves. We have to have a root in it. We have to have the re-rooted in the truth ourselves. Yeah. And then once we are rooted in truth, we can stand for it. And as a matter of fact, you won't go for anything else. But we do have to stand in it, and we have to stand up for truth. We have to... Why do you think we don't? Because we don't have the connection. We are separated from the connection to truth. What is the connection? The connection to it? Uh-huh. What is it? Yes, what is that? I was laughing at a little kid running across. Oh. What's the connection to the truth? Well, what I think the connection to the truth is, as an individual, we have to give up. We are connected to either to truth or lie. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So we have to give up our connection to the lie in order to be connected to the truth. So right now we are connected to the lie and thinking that we're connected to the truth? Mostly, yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What do you say, uh, Ed? Do you see Amer the truth dying in America? Yes, I've seen it in my life. Um, I would say that the truth dies when those that know it don't stand up for it. I don't think you can expect people who don't know, don't want to know the truth to have any. But those of us who would like to know it should stand up for it. Do and you stand up with, with I try to. Yeah, I try to. But, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, you, you can always think, I can always think of uh, situations where I haven't. Typically, they have to do with work. You've got to be careful not to get fired because you tell the truth. <laughs> and that happens quite a bit. It does. So sometimes you want to tell the truth, but you don't at work because you don't want to lose a job? Uh, correct. Oh. I, okay. How do you feel when you do that for the sake of the job? Um, uh, wishing that I had a little bit more in the bank so I could tell the truth. <laughs> so, <laughs> I give me, you know, the cure is always making more money. You know, right? Just kidding, but it seems that so way. Like, Lord, give me, give a me more money, money and I'll bank. tell the truth finally one day. And yeah. I'll tell the truth. Right, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Oh, Lord, won't you give me a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> Remember that song? I do. Oh, Lord, <laughs> give me a Mercedes Benz. Okay, interesting. Yes, sir. I think that um, the. Who is killing the truth? Politics. Politics. politics on both sides on both sides it's the idea of it, it's what politics is it's a game with the truth and how is politics killing the truth um basically i see it as as theater 
and um, so both sides are, are are pretending that they that they care about anything when they're just in it for themselves, and so that we can be distracted with the with the super you know the show on the outside. But but they're both in in collusion. They're both on the same side. They're going for the same goal, and that's our demise. Our you know cage. They want us to cage us like animals. Yeah. And drain us of our of our of our, our money and our. And it's and happening. Our, you notice it's happening. And right? our um. So 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 everything's becoming more dense and populated, and uh, you know living cost of living is going up higher and higher. Yeah. And you know while they're loving animals. We, you know, and they're giving animals more freedom. You know, they want to get rid of chickens out of the cages and stuff like that, and give them more room to walk around. People are getting in smaller and smaller cramped spaces, and we're we're being you know turned into to cattle. It's amazing to see what's happening. So we are we are the cattle because of politics and because of of it, it's just a game that's played on both sides. It's a, it's merely a game, and yeah. and so there's no there's no sides. It's all one thing. Yeah. It's both sides are, are the same side. There's no such thing. How about so. you, John? Who's killing the truth? Uh, I would say uh, the people, we the individual. We the individual? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we need to, I guess, get involved and speak up. Yeah, I remember I talked about this on my radio show yesterday, is that um, um, way back when they decided that... Uh, in the black community, the black men couldn't be in their homes, that the government become the daddy, and the people let that happen. And the famine went downhill. They decided they were going to take God out of the public schools and the public square, and the people let that happen. And now the public schools are hell. They decided that um, um, men, no, they decided on abortion. Abortion is a woman's choice, her body. We said yes to that. And now you have 1,800 black babies aborted every day, and, world, and nationwide, millions of babies are dying yearly. Uh, they decided that the man is no good, that he's a mean, hardcore rapist, abuser, uh, whatever. And now they got laws to restrict men because we let that happen. And they just go on and on and on. Uh, Jesus said, one day Jesus was hanging out in the book of Thomas, one day Jesus was hanging out with his, with his disciples. They were just kind of hanging out, having some fun. I don't know if they were having wine that day or not. But, because um, uh, the Jews love wine. <laughs> That's why I'm a Jew. No, I'm kidding. And um, Jesus said to his disciples, um, Tell me what I'm like. Compare me to something and tell me what I am like. And Thomas said, I can't, I can't tell you what you're like. You're my, you're my teacher. I can't tell you what you're like. I can't compare you to anything. You're my teacher. And Jesus said, I'm not your teacher. He said, the stream of water that sent me is your teacher. I'm not your teacher. And so he sent, he took Paul, uh, Thomas to the side, away from the other disciples, and he told him three things. And when Thomas came back to where the guys were, they asked him, well, what did Jesus tell you? What did he say? And Thomas said, uh, replied by saying, I can't tell you what he said, because if I told you what he said, you would pick up rocks and stone me 
would try to stone me, and the rocks would turn to uh, fire and devour you. And so, and there's a message in that. Doesn't that sound good, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it got everybody's attention. Um, what's the message to that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's the message? Beware of, uh, beware of who you call te uh, teacher. For a real te uh, for the real teacher is the one within you. You. That's as far as I can tell. Well, good. That's wrong. I expect as much. <laughs> 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 I'm just playing around. Yes. Hold on for the mic. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you mentioned <clears throat> you mentioned that uh, you know when when he was asked, I cannot tell you, or you will grab a stone and, and you will stone me, and it will turn into fire. Well, and devour them. Yeah, devour them. Yeah. You, you see, for instance. Uh, I see that happening. What's the message in that? The message in that is that uh, we are being destroyed by uh, believing the lie. That's what I see, you see. Okay. Yes, sir. In the black suit, yeah. I believe I'm taking from the message that you don't want to tell, you can't tell the person the truth. And if you tell them the truth about themselves, they'll throw rocks at you, verbal rocks, mental rocks, and in reality, they're destroying themselves from the inside. Interesting. What do you say, Patrick? The smartest white man on this side of heaven? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you're just telling them something radical to the point that <clears throat> It would it would blow their minds and then they would they would attack you know it would be it would be in other words it would be more than they could bear you would be telling them some straight on truth and when you tell people the truth straight up uh, it usually freaks them out and they will attack you uh, okay interesting I'm loving it this is fellowship yes ma'am I think it's not so much the message I think that was the message what he said uh, your own destruction is going to be your own anger because your own anger for the truth is going gonna, is gonna to consume you. Interesting. James wanted to hear that. My little racist white producer. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was the message to Thomas that Thomas would... What message that Thomas was making? What message was Thomas telling the, his yeah. fellow disciples? Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? I that? did. Oh. Um, Are you here? Yeah, I'm here. I just don't. How about your heart, soul, and mind? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he was telling them that you don't, you don't need to know. You don't need to know? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. The message was, yes, ma'am. To me? The message is um, you have to go to the source for yourself. Okay. 
no one else can really tell you. You have to go to the source for yourself. And that's for anything that you need to know. The message is not that you should go to individuals for spiritual information. Okay. You should go directly to the source of spiritual information. Interesting. Ed, what was the message? I don't know. You don't know? No, no oh, idea. Yeah. The message was, the point was, it is easier to stay silent than to speak up. And that's why he didn't tell them, because he knew they were stoning. So he stayed silent about it rather than speaking up. And that's what we have in America today. The people, they had so many bad examples of what happened to those who stand up and speak up that they have decided they're going to go silent because it's easier that way, they think. They don't realize the easy way is to speak up, but they, they are going silent because they have had so many bad examples. The, uh, uh, the uh, owner of the uh, basketball team, Donald Sterling, Donald Sterling uh, Dr. Laura, uh, people who have spoken up, you don't hear about them anymore. They, they banished them from the earth. And they, they did, and, and the people of the lie did it in such a big way that we all can see it. And we know so many people who lost their jobs, who, you know, their livelihoods, broken families, because they stood up for the truth. And when they stood up, they had to stand alone, and they ended up losing out. And so the other folks have watched that over the years, and, and they have gone silent. That's why. And that's what the message, they're afraid that if they told the truth, that they would pick up stones and, and throw it at them and try to destroy them. They have fear. <clears throat> Excuse me. And even Ron mentioned the, uh, the Democrats. The Democrats are like that, but the Republicans are too. They are, they are cowards. Um, they have fear as well. And they will, if there is someone in their camp that will speak up, the Republicans will attack them. They don't defend them. And I realized yesterday, especially after reading that about Thomas, the reason that the Republicans attack the other Republicans is because they have fear and they don't want to be associated with the person that has courage because they are afraid that they'll lose something. They'll lose a vote or they'll lose whatever. And so they'll shut, they'll shut down their own in order to appease the, uh, the liars so that they can hold on to what they have. Isn't that amazing? And they are quicker. It's the same way with the Christians, too. If you are a Christian that lack fear and you say something about whatever in the church or about women or men or whatever, abortion, the other Christians in the church will attack you. They attack you because they have fear and they don't want that to be said. They don't want to lose anything. And so now it's easier for a lot of folks to stay silent than it is to speak up. And that's why the truth is dying. The Christians are causing the truth to die. And I say the Christians because the truth is in us. If we believe in God, the truth is in us. And in us, there is no fear. In us, there is no identity with material things around us, 
family, friends, money, places and things, we disassociate with that. We don't, but God caused us to do it. And we have a relationship with him, loving him more than anything else, along with nothing. And when we love him, we have the confidence that he's going to take care of us. So we don't have the fear of losing something or somebody. And if we should lose it, it's just the way it is. It, he's, he's separating the good from the bad. But people have decided it's better to stay silent than it is to tell the truth. Isn't that sad? And, even, and, and we're losing. And I have to tell you, if we lose the truth, the country is over, family is over, everything's done. Because there is no solid foundation. Truth is a solid foundation in our lives. And it's dying. Yes, Patrick. I was just going to say a great example from the, from the Bible was Peter, when Peter denied Christ. Um, he didn't want to be associated with Christ, so he, yeah. he denied him over and over. And that's what's happening now. Every time we deny truth, we're denying Christ. And if you deny him, he's going to deny you. When you get to that pearly white gate, after going through that long tunnel, then seeing the light on the way, and the light going to be beautiful, you're going to get to the gate, you're going to ring the gate bell, and somebody's going to come and say, what you want? <laughs> and he's going to remind you every time you did not tell the truth, and he's going to tell you you had to go back down to the tunnel and take that dark one. You, you came through the wrong tunnel. Because you didn't stand up for truth for me, I'm not standing for you. This is not a game. We are losing, and we have no business losing to a point that we'll turn on each other. We'll gossip about each other, not pray for each other, but gossip. We uh, get with, uh, just lie about each other, not pray for each other, but lie about each other. I mean, it's a mess. It's a real mess. And that's why the children of the liar is, are winning, because there's no pushback with truth. And if a man or a woman should stand up for truth, the Christian push against them too. Isn't that sad? And when I was growing up, it wasn't like that. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. But men and women told the truth back then. They didn't care how you felt about it. They didn't care how your mama felt about it. And they were not trying to hurt your feelings. They, were just, they didn't know anything else. They just told you the truth because they loved you. That's what they knew. That's gone now. It's disappearing every day. And it's so unfortunate because we're going to self-destruct because God is being pushed away from us, the foundation. Stephanie, did I see your hand? Go ahead. Oh, earlier when you were talking about, you said that statement was about the rock. About what Thomas, yeah. What about the part when it says it turned to fire and devour them? I thought yeah. it would be like God protecting them. You know, they could throw rocks, but it will come back on them. Well, Thomas was afraid to tell them because of that. He knew that what would happen as a result. Mm. But had he not had that fear, he would have told them anyway. Oh. So oh, he okay. stayed silent. Oh, okay. Yeah, he stayed silent rather than telling the truth and let them deal with the consequence mm -hmm. of that truth. I get it now. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to mention um, speaking the truth doesn't necessarily mean that you have to ha say because Jesus or Jesus is behind it, or whatever. No, you don't. You could just speak the truth without ever even mentioning That's Christ right. or anything like that. You don't have to, to say, oh, in the name of Jesus. 
yeah, because I'm, love, when you speak the truth from God, you're speaking with love. And that's why you don't have to be saying, oh, well, Jesus said this and Jesus said that. You know, they just turn people off. Right. You speak and, with love and they can see where you're coming from. But, but I mean, um, I don't go out of my way not to uh, mention Jesus. I mean, if, I, if it calls to mention God, I will. Right. But, but I mean, I was around a group of women that came from uh, high class Beverly Hills or whatever, and they had this makeup class that they wanted people who had cancer to come to, and they were offering you all kinds of stuff and everything, and putting makeup on these women that um, were ill with cancer. And yeah. once they looked in the mirror, they go, oh, yes, I feel so much better. And then they went around the room like you do to us. What do you feel? And uh-huh. What do you think? And, yeah. and when they came to me, I says, well, you know, um, I don't mind. Uh, I didn't mind the, the uh, massage on the hand and whatever. It felt really great. But, you know, as far as this makeup stuff, after this makeup washes off, I said, you may look at it and say, oh, that, feel, that looks lovely or whatever. But you know what? You still are sick and you still have cancer. Amen. And that's what you have to deal with. You got to face that. Your illness. And, and almost about half the room went, <gasps> you, know, you know, I thought they were going to fall on the floor, but they couldn't believe what I was saying. Yep. And I didn't mention Jesus or nothing, but, yeah. you know, they were just freaking out. And well, it was like, good for you. They could hardly wait for me to sit down. <laughs> that reminds me of a, uh, it's a long story, but I'll make it short. My uncle and my aunt that lives here is in, they are in Alabama right now on a vacation. And night before last, I gave them a phone call to see how things are going. And my uncle answered his cell and he had me on, on speaker and I didn't know it. You know, you're supposed to let folks know you're on speaker. <laughs> Especially when he and I talk, and, but he had me on speaker, and he was asking me all the political questions, and there's a house full of black folks there. They were at a party, and I didn't know it, right? And so he was asking me all the questions, and then all of a sudden I heard, I started to hear people rumbling, and what is he talking about, and who is that? And I'm like, am I on speaker? He said, yeah, you're on the speaker. He said, you have ruined our party. <laughs> you messed up our party. And I said, well, you should have told me I was on a speaker. You don't put people on speaker and not tell them, especially way, because he always go after me, you know, especially knowing I'm a conservative. He go right at me right away. And so he, that's, that's the first thing he did, asked me some stupid question about politics. I told the truth, and it messed up the whole party. And so I asked my, at the end, and then all these people jumped in. And it just went on and on and on, right? So I asked my aunt, uh, anything you want to say? And she's kind of a quiet woman, and she won't really say anything. She just kind of keep it in and doesn't say anything. I said, anything you want to say? She's like, no, you said everything already. You said too much. You know? <laughs> I done messed up the people's party. <laughs> and so now those people want me to come to Alabama. They want to get me. <laughs> so here's the deal, folks. How many people have fear at times of speaking up? You have fear. Oh, okay. 
a lot. Amazing. You're not there. Let me, let me say this. Another thing I notice about people with fear, they, and if there's a person, a man or a woman with courage, the person with the fear will tell you, not now. Wait till later. Don't tell it. Don't say it now. This is not the right time. And I'm thinking, how is it a person of fear going to know when the right time to speak up? <laughs> You'll never know. Because each moment gets worse when you don't deal with the, the first moment with truth. And so you're going to just get weaker and weaker and weaker. So never let a person of fear tell you not now. All right? Because you won't ever get there. Now is the time of truth. Now is all we have. Now is where God is. Not tomorrow, which doesn't exist, or yesterday that's over. Now is the time to tell the truth. So don't wait for some other time. Now is the time. When you say not there, that's why you have fear at times. Where is, what do you mean not there? Um, what I mean is, I, I'm not sure that I would be able to speak up in a situation. I'm just, I'm not in situations often. But to at do times it. when you have fear of doing it, what cost, what cost the fear? What did you think? What made you feel afraid? Hmm. I have to think about that because I haven't been in a situation where I, I was afraid to tell the, well, let me see, how can I put it? Uh, one of my cousins where I live came to my house and she was discussing a situation. And I did actually tell her, but before I told her <laughs> the truth, yeah, I was a little apprehensive about it. Yeah. And the reason is because I had done it in past and been attacked so, so viciously. Yeah, that's why you had a fear. And, but at the time, I, I took a breath, because it's a family situation that's going on between her and her sister and her kid and all that. So, yeah. But I took a breath, and I, I presented to her from a different perspective than normally we talk to people. I, I spoke to her yeah. truthfully. And she, actually, she was, she was grateful for it. I, wasn't, I was not expecting her to receive it, actually. Most of the time, people did. will. Sometimes they will. Yeah, but she did. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, what do you so have That's fear what of? I meant by being fearful. Oh, okay. What, what, why are you afraid at times, Patrick? I'm surprised you're behind the headline guy. <coughs> uh, I'm not, I don't know what the answer is. You don't know why you are? No. But you know you are? At times. It doesn't mean I don't necessarily do it, but there are times when fear comes up. Right. Here's what it, I want you to watch. Because if you could watch, if you could get to know yourself, then, yes, Frankie? For me. Uh, you afraid at times? Yeah. Okay, what? Um, of, Real of, fast. I'm telling the truth. Uh, sometimes it will cost me everything. And I, I have to kind of be very, very wise in time and place. Oh, okay. Because they'll try to destroy me. There is a time to be silent, and there is a time to speak up, that's for sure. But what I want you to notice about the deceiver, the prince of darkness, whenever it's time to tell the truth, he'll bring something to your mind to bring on fear. If you say this, 
this is what's going to happen. If you speak up now, this is what's going to happen. If you speak up now, you're going to lose this or lose that. And so at the moment you listen to that lie, you become a coward. You don't speak up. But if you don't listen to that lie, but, and, and Francisco is right, there has to be the right time because sometimes you can speak the truth and it's crazy. It's the wrong time. It doesn't work. And you will lose everything unnecessarily. But if you're guided by God, if you're guided by the God in the moment with you, you can't go wrong that way. And so you got to be able to know God's voice, which is a voice, voiceless voice, as opposed to when Satan is speaking to you and you can hear a voice. So you can do it in the right moment. But I want you to just be aware of how he tried to tempt you not to tell the truth. Every time he'll try to prevent you from doing that because he want to weaken you and weaken the person or people that you're speaking to. He doesn't want anyone to hear the truth because the truth is of God and the truth will build our lives, make us strong and bring love into the earth and all that. And Satan doesn't want that to happen. So I encourage you to watch that so you don't keep giving into him at all times. Also watch it when he makes you feel silly and you're just out there running your mouth and you shouldn't be. Because some people, uh, they, they are just everywhere telling the truth and they have no business telling the truth. They just feel good about what they think they know and they are putting the, the, themselves in jeopardy. So be careful of that too because Satan will have you doing that when, you, when you're really excited about the truth. That's why you have to know God's voice and let God guide you instead of listening to Satan's voice all the time. All right? So I want to encourage you to be still and know God. Realize of yourself you can do nothing. And, and just have that quiet prayer and quiet time with God so you can really get to see what's going on with your life. Because if we don't bring truth back into the back into this earth, it's over. It just, you might as well hang it up because there's nothing to hold on to. And it's crazy to see and, and see it happening. And it doesn't take a lot of men and women to tell the truth. It just takes somebody. And then don't expect that the crowd is going to be with you. They won't be with you most of the time, but God is with you. Uh, we need your financial support, your tithe and offering. The address is on the... Um, on the screen there. We're also accepting a few more applications for our school. We have a private school, uh, Bond Leadership Academy for Boys and Girls, grades 1 through 12. And uh, we're, we're accepting an application for this coming September. And we need your financial support for that because we provide grants for those kids who cannot afford to go to the school. You can call the 800 number, 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. Or, or go on the website, barninfo.org. But we got to start standing, and we got to support the men and women who are standing for truth. Just as the children of the lie, they support each other. And they support the lie. They may not even agree with the issue, but they go with it because they support one another. And in the Bible, it talks about how we are supposed to be, I think it was Paul or someone, talked about how we as children of God are supposed to be together as one. We're supposed to work together, not against each other. And if we see a flaw in each other, that's no reason to turn away. If anything, draw closer and show love to that person, but don't run away, all right? 
we got to stop this before it's too late. It's way down the road now. But God is with us, and we can turn it around. But we got to love him first and foremost, along with nothing else. And when you love God with all your heart, soul, and might, there's nothing on earth that can stop you. So think about that, folks, and wake up before it's too late. Things are really, really falling apart here. Thank you for tuning in and uh, listen to my radio show Monday through Friday. Bye. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Thank you.